If you're looking for strong opinions, loosely held and widely shared, you've come to the right place. This is the National Talkie League. National Talkie League. I guess I will say Kringle Young Man Kringle to start the uh, Christmas National Talkie League podcast. Jingle, young man, jingle. Could have gone with that one too. Yeah, absolutely. There's a million. You know what? Why don't you, Dave, hit me in the face with a brand new Christmas theme? National Talkie League. It's flipping Christmas. National Talkie League. So get some presents. National Talkie League. Let's roast some chestnuts. National Talkie League. Around the fire. I like that, Dave. Nicely done. Very well done. Thank you. We all worked really hard on it. So. Well, I feel like you were trying to like be the entire Mormon Tabernacle Choir that time around. Like normally, you know, you're just kind of giving it the Beatles. There's four of you, but that time I could just really feel a chorus of voices coming from your heart and your spleen. Oh, that's that's my that's my goal is to one day record a 27 part harmony of myself singing something. You came close there. Yeah. Yeah. It's goals, life goals, right? Absolutely. I can't, I can't just go and do it now because then it's done. And then I, what am I going to have left to do? Be like those guys who retire at 40 and are bored for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Be like Yarmer Yager. Just keep bumping around the league after you've won everything by age 24. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Dave Ware. And Merry Christmas to all the beleaguered talkies who are uh, including our podcast in their Christmas Day activities. Yay. Thank you, beleaguered talkies. Hope you're having a good one and enjoying your families or not. Enjoying your families, as the case may be, whatever you prefer. So, um, where should you know? This is going to be a bit of a different podcast. Uh, I've, I vow to you and to me, Dave, not to get uh, politically worked up about anything. Even though you know, bombshell news that our prime minister is an unethical douche came out last week. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think it's the right time of year to talk about you know using the, the government's funds as your own, you know, personal piggy bank and doing whatever the heck you want because your dad used to be the prime minister, so you've been born into some sort of legacy or anything. It is definitely not the time of year to talk about that. No, absolutely not. But I, but, but I mean, if you'll just indulge me briefly, Dave, it would be really funny if during that press conference where Rosie Barton asked him the question and he just couldn't figure out how to answer without looking like a complete buffoon, it would have been really funny if he piped in. I don't know what the big deal is. My dad used to do this all the time, like literally all the time. So how long do you think before someone like dubs in some like, you know, EDM in the background and we get like the remix of, of Justin going, oh, oh. Well, the t-shirt's already out. Have you seen the t-shirt? I haven't, no. Just the silhouette yeah. of Trudeau's face and the, it just says, um, uh, er, um, uh. <laughs> Dave, I pro- prom- we promised we wouldn't do this. I promised. No, we- no, no, let's not do that. Let's not talk about. Uh, let's not talk about politics at all. At all. Let's talk at about all. Christmas traditions instead. Yes, I like that. I like that idea a lot. Uh, so, what what kind of traditions do you have, Roger? Either from your your first family or your current family. You know what I mean by first family, right? Your your parents, and then you have your second family, which is you and your wife. And if you have kids, then you have those kids. That's like your that becomes your family. I mean, it's all part of the family in a greater sense, but you know what I mean. Right. I'm, I'm just glad you didn't mean the first family is like the ones that rejected me. When I, <laughs> I spent four <laughs> years. talk about them. <laughs> I tried to win their love for four years, Dave. <laughs> Never worked out. They gave me an entire Olympiad. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking back on traditions um, that, that are kind of like unique to to my family first or other. I guess there's like a decorating of the tree, but that seems like it's probably pretty standard in, in everybody's family. Um, what, you, you, you 
told me yesterday when we recorded this and it didn't work. Right. Uh, you told me about a really nice story about your oh, okay. family and going to get Christmas trees. Why don't you tell the talkies about that? Well, I'll tell you that. So then I want to kind of sidebar into exactly what ma- makes a tradition. But one year, my dad packed up the whole family in the in the van or whatever, and we went out to Cremona to a Christmas tree farm, right? We're going to go cut down a Christmas tree. And it was cool. Um, you know, it was a bit rustic. I mean, it's inclement weather and, you know, it's cold and it's a bit of a drive. And then you get to Cremona and then you have to get out and trudge into like this baby forest and cut down a Christmas tree. So everybody had to be bundled up in snowsuits and winter boots and stuff like that. And then, you know, you march around, you find the tree you want, you cut it down. Well, the next year, I think that my mother, my sister, and my brother didn't enjoy the experience too terribly. So um, the following year, my dad and I, we just went out, you know, a two-man mission. And it was really cool. Like, you know, I will always think back on that fondly because, I, you know, I just got this quiet time in the car with my dad all by myself, all to myself. And, uh, you know, we kind of walked around in the wilderness a little bit. We, we, we both agreed on the perfect tree. We cut it down. Like really awesome father-son time. And so I'll always, uh, you know, think back on that um, really, really fondly. But Having said that, we only did that like two or three times. So that's why I said the sidebar. Does that make it a tradition or just a wonderful, warm memory? I think it, well, two or three times is probably enough for a tradition. It's a tradition that eventually didn't happen anymore. But it made for a really good story and made you feel good. So that's the most important part. Yeah. What about you? Also, also, um, I was just going to ask, since we were on the, the subject there, uh, I had read somewhere that you can now... Uh, if you pay like $5, you can go and cut a Christmas tree down off crown land. I don't know all the details of it. I think you have to register or something like that and have a some kind of permit. But the question that I would have for you is, is if you do that, because it's crown land, would you say that there is little to no chance that you might get uh, into a hunting accident with Derek Fildebrandt if you did that? <laughs> Uh, it's very likely right now. It's, it's more likely now than it ever has been in human history. Like like your family trudging endlessly into the fields of Cremona, I trudged quite a distance to make that middling to poor joke. <laughs> well, I like the the notion that, that the queen is so hard up for cash, she's selling trees on her colony for $5 a piece. When they don't have trees, let them have trees. This would get let him get five dollars for them though. That's yeah, that's twenty because I'm on the twenty, but <laughs> I should be on the dollar, ten. But by they the got rid of the dollar. It's not my fault. <laughs> that's a good question. Is the queen on the front of the the coin or the back of the coin? Oh, interesting. She is the head of the coin. That's right. She's on the obverse, I believe they call it. Interestingly, anyway. most of our coins have animals that do have tails but we don't show the tail. It's usually the head of the animal. So it's he- it's the animal head or the queen head. Right. Well, hang on, you get the beaver. That's got a tail. You're right. There's no tail on the caribou on the quarter. Right. Is there a tail on the loony? Uh, well, the loony has a tail. It's not prominently featured. And the blue <laughs> the entire nose. animal is shown. Does the blue nose have a tail? That would be a stern, wouldn't it? Yeah, see, they, we got to get rid of that. We need to put... Uh, oh, you know what we should put on there is... Mm. Uh, it might be in bad taste, but it would be a, a constant reminder. We should put skinny on there. Put skinny on there? Yeah. The polar bear. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Constant <laughs> reminder. Jeez. <laughs> that would suck. They'd have to phase that coin out more quickly than the nickel. 
All right. Hey, you know what, Dave? We had a lot of people. Uh, uh, so that? I have some holiday traditions as well. Yeah, why don't we delve into that before we hear? I was just about to say we had a lot of people who sent us um, Christmas greetings. And, and uh, why don't we uh, – we'll, we'll hear some of those after we, we listen to your Christmas traditions that don't involve emaciated polar bears. Yeah, well, and sadly most of them, I'm going to say most <laughs> of them do. <laughs> There's the wrapping of the polar bear. There's the, the combing of the polar bears. Never the feeding of the polar bears, which might be part of the problem. No, there's the eating of the polar bear, eating, the complaining yes. that there's not enough polar bear to go around. The dad, where's the rest of the polar bear? And we've been, uh, up till recently, we've been sous videing the polar bear. Oh, well, I was going to ask you about the sous vide time on polar bear. How's that? <laughs> it's, it's less and less every year uh, is what it is. <laughs> it's the only way to keep it tender. It's such a lean meat. <laughs> Oh, we are terrible, terrible people. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. So my wife uh, has, I think, brought more Christmas traditions into our family than I did. I mean, my family had all sorts of, you know, we do the presents and that kind of thing. But we were never like, we didn't go to church on Christmas Eve and we didn't have a, you know, ceremony or any kind of big thing. We'd go to see the grandparents for dinner, that kind of thing. But uh, I think my wife was sort of feeling like she needed more christmas you know traditions in her life so she's sort of you know added them to our family which i really like uh so movies of course are a big one usually for a few nights before christmas we'll uh, we'll sock in and, and watch some movies uh, i've been adding just sort of general old movies rather than christmas movies per se so we watched one last night uh bing crosby in anything goes Okay. And you know what? Not anything went in that movie, I'm going to say. It was pretty tame budget-based standards. It's a lot of singing and dancing. Um, but yeah, and also the the music. She likes to play a lot of uh, Christmas music around the holidays, and it sort of gets everybody in the mood, I think. It's uh, it's good stuff. I'm, I've developed this, you know, penchant for uh, uh, putting up Christmas lights and uh, as many Christmas lights. not But not gaudy Christmas lights. Like we talked about this before, I think, but I'm not into the, like the inflatables and the things that flash a thousand times and right. that kind of thing. I just like to have some color in that. But you know, if you like those things, that's cool. Don't sweat it. If your kids love those things, that's great. You should do that. It's just not for me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we don't really have a lot of like baking or anything like that. Usually we'll get up. The kids will, it's the one day of the year where my teenager will get up early. Um, and so we'll go down and open the stockings and, and then usually make some breakfast and that kind of thing and then open the rest of the presents and what have you. And then I generally spend the rest of the day going, why did I buy that for the kids? Now I have to spend three hours putting it together or <laughs> that kind of thing. So, yeah. That's, and then I have a nap on the couch. That's part the of the table. tradition? That's generally part of the tradition because I stayed up late wrapping things and then was woken up very early. Yeah, we, we share that tradition, actually. Uh, it's To me, it's not a Christmas tradition as much as it is like a daily tradition. Um, but it's nice still. It's it's good around the holidays. Excellent, excellent. All right. We got a lot of greetings that came in. Dave, we asked uh, we asked the beleaguered talkies to please share your well wishes this Christmas time on the podcast. And I'm sure a lot of them have tuned in to hear their own dulcet tones podcast to the universe. So let's hear from a couple. Good moral beleaguered talkies. Just wanted to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, if you celebrate that kind of thing. Uh, I really, I'm very, very thankful this year for Roger and Dave and the content they produce. It's, it's a real bright spot in my week. Makes me, makes me think and reconsider and laugh a lot and, and 
you know, guys, I, I really just appreciate the the work that you do and and what you're what you're bringing to us. And I hope that you can turn it, you can monetize it, you can you can turn it into a business and continue producing such quality stuff because we we really appreciate it. Um, been thinking a lot this week about exactly what I'm supposed to say on this thing, and just I. I just, I'm, I'm very thankful, and I'm thankful for the friends and family I have around me that love and support me, and, and uh, it's been a great year, and I hope next year is great as well. This is Keith from ilikehelping.com, Minimalism in a Nerdy World. I want to wish a happy Christmas to Dave, Roger, and all of the beleaguered talkies. And I also want to share a decluttering tip for the holidays. This is a really magical time of the year for decluttering. What I do is I go to a place in my house that has a lot of clutter. I take that clutter and I put it in a box, and then I wrap some colorful paper around the box, and then I give that to one of my friends or family. Because, especially at this time of year, people expect to receive boxes full of stuff that they did not need and do not have a place for in their lives. It's really, really special, and I love making those things leave my life and do whatever it is they're supposed to be doing out there in the world. Happy Christmas to all, and I'm about to sit down and watch A Christmas Carol, which, as everyone who knows me knows, is my absolute favorite movie about 19th century business and banking. Happy holidays, and see you in the new year. Ah, love it. Love hearing those. Uh, Thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to send us some Christmas wishes, or not us, but everybody some Christmas wishes. Uh, Fantastic. Um, So... So you guys probably, if you're regular listeners, you know that uh, that uh, Roger and I recently had a series of summits whereby we uh, got together and uh, used some power tools. Uh, Roger was kind enough to help me build some some trees to put in my yard that I, I could bounce some light off of, uh, which turned out very lovely, by the way. Um, and while we were doing that, we noticed uh, Roger's mailman walking by. And we thought, hey, what an opportunity, since there's two of us. We could easily overpower him and take all of his mail and so that's what we did and so we spent the rest of the afternoon cracked open a couple of cold beers and went through all the the mail that he had uh not much left in the way of mail pretty pretty much garbage in there um so we you know flyers and junk and bills and stuff like that but we did come across quite a few interesting letters that were on their way to santa now don't get us wrong here folks we're not we're not stealing the kids letters but we found some grown-ups that had sent some letters to Santa and some of them you know well yeah and so we thought we'd maybe uh, read a few of those exactly now please for the purposes of this conversation get over the fact that Dave and I committed two federal offenses both mail theft and assaulting a public employee oh, and, but, but but it's Christmas so yeah it, it's not technically a felony to steal mail at Christmas right because oh, it's Christmas exactly you, I mean we anything, give we give a guy you do wrong at Christmas is is considered okay there is no felony on Christmas yeah, right? Christmas is a holiday established around the notion of a big fat man breaking and entering into your home so like really anything goes like that Bing Crosby movie that you mentioned earlier Dave that's right so I mean if you know if, if Trudeau had just waited and gone on vacation <laughs> man, it would have been fine so. feel free to dwell on the fact though that Dave who lives in the 1960s referred to our mail carrier as a male man I just Dave shame on you really honestly that's true because he didn't actually identify himself as such. So I should have, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And you using that kind of a gender pronoun to describe somebody that you've only barely met, but you certainly assaulted. I just think that that's all kinds of wrong. 
Well, it was a Celticum. I got a handful of something, so I'm pretty confident I'm going to go with mail. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes, that's what you got a handful of. Mail. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, no, Dave's right that we found some letters from Santa that were written from some very prominent people. And Dave, I'm going to open this one up right here. Do you, do you see All who right. this one's from? Go ahead, open it up. Look, look at the look at the return oh. address. Look who that's oh. from. Who do you think? Oh, interesting. That one. Uh, that one's from uh, from Nahid Menshi. Ah, yes, the mayor of Calgary, uh, who says, uh, "Dear Santa, I know it's weird that with my um, no, I'm not going to read. <laughs> I'm going to start over here." He scratched that part out, did he? Yeah, it was just, it's odd. Anyway, he says, uh, Dear Santa, hi, little Nahed here. Remember you brought me that scientific calculator when I was five years old? Thank you so much for that. I still carry it with me every day. Um, for Christmas this year, could you drop a state-of-the-art hockey rink right in the middle of the city of Calgary, completely free of charge, so that the taxpayers in the city don't have to do uh, uh, don't have to pay a dime for it, and so that the Calgary Flames won't leave? And then he writes in parentheses, "Look, I know the Flames are totally leaving. This whole arena thing is just a charade, so that they can pin the exodus on me because apparently businessmen in this city hate me." And then he closes the parentheses, and then he says, "That would be swell." Wow. Nahed. Signed, like, Nahed. That's that's an interesting letter. Um, very selfless, though. I've always said that about Nancy. That's very, very selfless, right? He wants a hockey rink for everybody. There's no, there's nothing selfish about that request from Santa Claus at all. Yeah, like he didn't say, I want a, a hockey rink for my backyard that he could personally make use of or that would be his. He didn't ask for anything like that. He just wants a, an arena. Yeah, he didn't even ask for it to be named like the Nahed Nenshi Arena. Was there was there any any mention of how the uh, the the ownership split was going to go or anything like that? <laughs> no, the only thing he just had a little postscript at the end that said, "P.S. Also, one hundred dollar a barrel oil." Oh well, that's something we would all like for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So he and said, "What the rest of the year?" Does he mean that he wants that much oil delivered to him to his house? Like that's almost you know a barrel and a half of oil. <laughs> That's a lot of oil. The barrel's like, what, like 25 liters or 25 gallons or something like that? Oh, it's a lot. I can't remember. Who knows? It is. Yeah. I should know, but I don't care. Uh, yeah, so that was a great letter. Uh, we should probably, you know, we should probably actually put it back in the mail so it does get to Santa. I'm feeling a little guilty now. Maybe, you know. Yeah, I'll just transcribe it and email it to him. There you go. Because otherwise, what if we don't get the, the stadium? Then it's our fault. That's right? true. Yes. Damn it. This letter didn't get to the North Pole in time, and now we're not going to get this stadium. That's on us. Okay. That's my bad. That's on us. All right. I'm going to open one here. Let's see here. Russell, Russell, Russell. Open. Ooh. Okay. There. There. I've opened it. Here. I'm going to show that to you so you can see. Oh, wow. That's, that that's a beautiful letter. That's a letter from Jason Kenny. Oh, well, and so it is. I'm going to read that letter. Dear Santa, thank you so much for helping me gain uh, my seat and becoming the leader of the opposition here in Alberta. You've been so kind to me in the past. What I would like this year for Christmas is seeing that I insist on falling for the NDP's social media bait constantly and muckraking myself with things like the war on Christmas rather than just trying to get those middle voters and attacking people on the economy. Since I'm going to continue to do that, what I would like 
is a new iPad so that I can get on all the different social medias and <laughs> prove how far out of touch I am with those things. Uh, what I would also like is for the next election to come quicker so that I can get into power even sooner. Thank you. I will leave cookies and milk for you. Love, Jason. Well, that's interesting. That's the uh, that would be the second time that a conservative politician in a row has decided that it's a good idea to jump the gun and have the election sooner than is necessary. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe he should rethink that because it didn't really work out that well for the guy before him, did it? It's not a tried and tested tactic. Yeah. Um, I I wonder if does Jason Kenny don his him now his gay apparel? Ah, interesting. Or does he just wear other clothes? Yeah, he'd probably take offense to that, wouldn't he? I think that that joke was offensive, very offensive to, to a lot of people who don't listen to this podcast. Uh, but they're not going to hear it because they don't listen to the podcast. They won't. They certainly won't. This is uh, – I have another letter here. Oh, and you know what's interesting mm. is I can see that that letter that you have there, interestingly, it, it looks like it's on a like a colored piece of paper. Like I would – I want to say maybe it's like goldenrod or maybe even orange. That's, that's kind of weird. Who's that one from? This is from the premier of Alberta. This is from Rachel Notley. Wow. And I'm just going to open the back. Oh, this is neat. The back of the envelope says proudly union made. Huh. And and interesting that she was in Calgary when she mailed it too, right? Fascinating. Yeah. Um, okay. Here, this one, it says, uh, it says, dear Santa, I'm writing to remind you that your hardworking elves need to be unionized. You know, this part goes on a lot and there's clauses and bullet lists. So I'm just, can I just skip down to the third page? Clauses. Huh? <laughs> you see clauses. what I did? Uh, <laughs> all right it goes on this is the part of the letter now where she she asks for something for christmas um for christmas this year i would like nothing more than peace on earth goodwill toward men and approximately 12 percent more of the popular vote in the next election if that's too much to ask then just 11 percent. but please hand out a reminder in every single stocking and every present that you give out this year that jason kenny is evil incarnate that's all I really ask for. Well, that's not much to ask for, is it? Just just like one out of ten people to vote for her more than voted for her in the past. Yeah. It says, sincerely, Rach. Did you know Rach. that? Huh. I guess that she goes by that. I had no idea. Or a big fan of Friends, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe she got that from Friends. Hard to say. But, she doesn't wear the haircut, though. No, that she does not do. You'd think it's a, that's a no-brainer because she's got the name already. We're like, why not? If there was a haircut called the Dave, I'd wear that. I think you do, don't you? I do. Isn't that the Dave? What's the Dave. <laughs> uh, there's a bit more to this letter as a postscript. Oh, oh, yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it just says uh, PST, and then it's like she crossed. It's like a strike through on the T, like, oh. like it was a typo. And then it says uh, $100 a barrel oil would be nice. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. The PS and with the T. Yes, She's changed her mind about that. Yeah, I think it's probably just one of those reflexes. Like you know, when you're if you're going to write like Dan, but you'll write a V because after you write the D and the A, you're used to writing a V because that's right. your name, right? So it's like you have a hard time spelling Dan because you always spell Dav, and then you're like, oh, now I got to stylize this V into an N and make it. Then I got to commit to that for the rest of my life. That's kind of what she did. <laughs> hey, I read something somewhere that uh, the the NDP had increased the the debt limit or something like that. Did you hear about that? Sure. Sounds good to me. $37 billion they're allowed to, to borrow now. Interesting. 
interesting. Maybe Rachel's planning on getting everybody a Christmas present this year with their own money. That's it's right. Like when my, that's like when my kids are like, can I borrow a hundred bucks so I can get you a Christmas present? And I'm like, mm, I'll just keep the hundred bucks. Thanks. Yeah. That's my, uh, that's my favorite part about the whole $25 a day daycare thing. It's like, oh, we're subsidizing rich people's daycare. They're subsidizing the hell out of your $25 daycare. So <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, and you know, if I give the kids a hundred bucks, there's a pretty good chance that they're buying me something that costs, you know, 45 bucks and keeping the rest, which is exactly the same as the government. If you think about it. Yeah. Good they're point. Keeping my $45 worth of services and keep the other you know, 55. And then you got to tell them though, it's like, keep that 55, but you put that in a, in a good investment. So that next year when you buy me a present, you're going to buy it with the principal that you invested, that $55. And there's going to be some interest in there so that eventually we get out of this vicious cycle. But then next year, they come back and they say, hey, you know, we'll buy you another present this year. Uh, it's going to be $102 this year. What? Oh, man. Your kids are out of control. Yeah, sorry. You know, prices are going up. The bus, the price to get on the bus went up, Dad. So we got to borrow more money to get to the mall now. Do you notice how every fourth year, though, he just like he really the kids really want to just spoil you <laughs> and they ask for but they ask for a little bit less money and then they go get money from mom. Oh, interesting. You know, Dad, we only need 80 bucks this year and we are getting you a PlayStation 4, <laughs> We're getting you, you know, Netflix premium 4K subscription. But then, of course, my wife will come to me and say, oh, hey. I need to borrow some money this month. I'm a little short. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, were there any more letters, or uh, uh, I'm? I think I have one more. I think I have one more here uh, for on, in my list. Uh, oh, who's, great! Who's this one for? Oh, that letter is from. Uh, I can't read the handwriting from. All the way over oh, here. Here. Hold oh, yeah. There you go. I see who that is from. Ken King of the Calgary Flames. That's interesting. <laughs> Dear Santa, the Flames have been very, very, very good this year. Our play record is not that great, but we've been trying really hard, and uh, we're we're trying our best. But the amount of taxes that we have to pay are so substantial that I could almost not afford to get a new Bentley this year. Uh, it seems a shame that uh, that people like me should have to to live with less. Uh, I talked to the owners; they flew over in their brand new jets. And told me that all the players need new uh, Maseratis this year. Uh, and so I'm having trouble finding enough money to do this. On top of all that, the evil, grinchy city of Calgary refuses to just give us a new stadium. So here's what I'm hoping. I want you to not bring Nahid Nenshi a new stadium <laughs> so that I can take the team and move it to a different city where they will appreciate us more and just give us things because we're rich like they did in the old days before all these people started waking up and not giving rich people their due. It's getting a little ridiculous, Santa. Thank you. Yours, Ken King. That's weird. I don't think Ken King remembered how to write a letter to Santa Claus. <laughs> it, was, it was a little terse. Wasn't yeah, it? it was. I thought it was more like a letter to the – are you sure that wasn't a letter to the editor? <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing was uh, there was a letter to the editor, but it was exactly the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the vibe I was That's getting for sure. Letter. 
Dave, let's take this opportunity to listen to a few more greetings from our beleaguered talkies. Hey, talkies, this is Kellyanne here. I'm in Ottawa, home of Canada's most expensive skating rink. I'm feeling a little homesick this time of year, so I just want to wish Roger, Dave, and all the people back home in Calgary a very Merry Christmas. Hey there, Roger and Dave. This is Eric Wilhite coming from uh, the place you're most likely to see me out in public, the Auburn Bay Dog Park, out here walking my dogs, Frankie and Tessa. Just wanted to wish all the beleaguered talkies and yourselves a very Merry Christmas from Tuscany to Mahogany and all around the world. Your three or four listeners in Japan and the uh, ten or so who live in the United States and all the ones in Calgary. Merry Christmas. Hello, Dave, Roger, and fellow talkies. It's Brian Keller from Calgary wishing all of you a Merry Christmas. Guys, thanks for the podcast, which has become a big part of my week. I'm most likely listening to this episode at 38,000 feet heading to Palm Springs for Christmas. Take care, everyone. Oh, so lovely to hear messages like that at this time of year while we're sitting around and thinking about our loved ones and how we don't have to go to work. Love it. I like um, I like Brian kind of giving it a little bit of a dig there, though. Uh, he's on his way to Palm Springs for Christmas, and it's like minus 20 back in, in Alberta town. And he just sort of like very casually, like he didn't even do the joking, like, hey, I'll be in Palm Springs. It was just like, just so you guys know, uh, I'll be in Palm so I did see a, a tweet from him saying that it was only like 17 degrees, and so he was gonna he's gonna power through and just walk around in shorts anyway. <laughs> he's gonna take take one on the nose for us. It's funny you Wait. go down there; people are wearing hoodies in like it's 20 degrees, and people are like, "Oh man, it's freezing." Yeah, I remember that one year. There was a whole family wearing like you know the you know the puffy jackets. Yeah, puffy. I saw a whole family walk around in those, and I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking about putting maybe a hoodie on," but uh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks so much for your greetings, and uh, we'd like to greet some of you as well. Yeah, so we put together a list of, uh, of as many as we could find of people who have sort of, you know, uh, helped us out this year and conversed with us and kept the conversation going, uh, and we really appreciate all you guys. We're gonna, hopefully we hit everybody's name, but if we don't, don't feel slighted. It's just because we're stupid, because <laughs> you're not important to us. Uh, and you should tell us about it, and that way we'll remember you next time. But, uh, yeah, so... So here's our list of uh, beleaguered talkies that we also wanted to go out of our way to thank at this time of year. So let's start out here. I want to send out some thanks to, this is sound like Santa's letters, right? I want (laughs) to send out some thanks to Rod and to Aaron and to Charles. This is like uh, the Buckshot show when he's reading the birthday announcements. Uh, Palm Springs, Brian, Hot Tub Brian, Merry Christmas to you guys. Thanks so much for all your support this year listening to the National Talkie League. I want to send thanks out to Richard. I want to send thanks out to Bruce and to Keith, uh, who also sent a message into us this year. Minimalist Keith, thank you so much. Hey, Mike Benham, uh, thank you very much for listening to the National Talkie League. Uh, Mike's been listening to uh, you know programs that I've been a part of for a long time, and, and I'm really grateful that uh, he's uh, you know stuck with uh, every, you know with everything I've done, and, and is a, a devoted listener to the National Talkie League. And same with Christopher. Christopher's the guy that I bumped into with the at the Seattle office, Dave, and he's been a big fan of our podcast. Um, now since he's, he's listened to every episode means so, so much to us, man. Merry Christmas to both of you guys. I want to send out some thanks to, uh, Scott. So Scott is a friend of mine who's, a, a commented on talking stuff once in a while. The thing I love about Scott is that Scott doesn't always agree with us and he calls us on our bullshit. And, uh, I love that he does that. 
and that we can still converse and still uh, hang out and chat and stuff. Uh, and Glenn, I wanted to say thanks to as well. Uh, Jordan, Eric, you guys are, you've been like day one contributors to the podcast. And we want to thank you for that. Uh, and Stacy, who makes shoes, uh, Bigfoot shoes, she's, Stacy's stuff is amazing. And she's been a huge supporter of the National Talkie League as well. So we really hope to hear more involvement from, uh, from you guys in the new year as the podcast continues to grow. Thank you so much for listening. Awesome. And uh, another big contributor this year was uh, Kellyanne, who was uh, who also sent us some interesting and, and uh, fun stuff to read. I uh, love it when you guys do that. And we don't share everything that you send us on the air. Sometimes you guys ask us to, to sort of hold it back. And it's just something between us. And that's lovely, too. So thank you for that, Kellyanne. And uh, also wanted to send thanks to Laura, who's often uh, got some stuff to tell us and say. Always love hearing from Laura. Yeah, we get some good scoops from Laura, too, who will turn us on to some interesting topics to, to discuss. Uh, Merry Christmas to Jill, who listens in Korea. And uh, I asked her how to say Merry Christmas in Korean, and she told me, and then I kind of thought it sounds racist when when white people say it, but it's Merry, Merry Kurisumasu, <laughs> which is, I like, I don't know, is that a poor, because it's the same in Japanese, right? I guess Merry like the only way they'd be introduced to Christmas is by an Anglo-Saxon or an English culture, so... There's really no word for it, so it's just Merry Kurisumasu. Yeah, that that's awesome. I love that. Um, I feel like I should leave. I've only got one more person listed on my list, uh, but I feel that it's someone that you should be thanking more, and that's Julie. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, why, why, why me more than you? Oh, just because you all get you, you all get so excited whenever Julie said something to us. Oh, I see what you're saying. Pictures and stuff. That's all. No, that's true. I mean, she's a she's a her and her husband are just mm, boy oh boy. Oh, the, did you see that? Oh. Did you see that that big piece of meat that she showed us this week? That he was and like the, the, her husband clutching his meat like that. Oh, Ju- so Julie, who likes to uh, uh, talk to us about sous vide recipes and uh, fine meats. So yeah, her and her husband, I guess. I think that was a butcher shop in Cochrane, and they're holding a primal, like an entire uh, prime rib roast with all the bones like Frenched back. Oh my god, it just looked sensational. I want one, one of those day under we the will, tree. We will have a summit with Julie. <laughs> yeah, I think we will. I think we absolutely will. Yes, absolutely, Julie. Thank you for uh, all your contributions throughout the year. Uh, listen, there's so many of you that listen to the podcast, and we're so grateful for all of you. Thank you so much. Uh, for those of you who are, are just silent listeners, you don't feel the need to contribute, but you like to listen every week, we thank you immensely. And for those of you who get a little bit more active, a little bit more involved, thank you as well. And uh, we really look forward to seeing you because we want to do this live show. This concept is going to come together in 2018. Yeah, it's been a heck of a year. Uh, that sounded terrible. It's been a hell of a year. Uh, <laughs> we're not even through our first year of of National Talkie. Uh, we started off in the spring, so we have our one year anniversary ahead of us. But it already feels like we've we've started something that's that's really uh, fun and interesting, and that I always look forward to, and I hope that you guys do too. Uh, I love how many people are sort of getting getting on board with the journey in that. I think it's amazing. So. Uh, so yes, so thanks from Roger and I to all of you, and I want to thank Roger for making all of this possible, because nobody's going to listen to the rantings of some weird, you know, forty-year-old Calgarian guy if if Super Roger Kincaid's not involved. Oh, that's untrue. <laughs> that's a fiction. Hey, no, thanks to you too, Dave. Man, it's been a really fun year, and I'm looking forward to the next one. So, uh, Merry Christmas to you, and Merry Christmas to all. And Dave, why don't you take us out of here with a a lovely rendition of of 
the night before Christmas. Well, I'd love to, Roger. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads, and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment that it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my hand and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe that he held in his teeth, and the smoke that encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle, but I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and a talky good night.